Uh, let's see. I was talking with uh, one of my old co-workers, and he was saying that one of our supervisors, he's still doing his job here in the U.S., but he moved up to Canada because his wife, uh, she wasn't born in the U.S., but she, uh, when, when COVID started, she could see that the U.S. is like, totally incapable of of people caring for one another or doing the barest minimum of uh you know acting like they live in a civic society so she moved up to canada because her parents live there now and uh now he is up there and he's still doing his job remotely so i was wondering where would you move if you could leave the u.s um probably I mean, I've always, I don't know. <laughs> I would stay and help help make it better. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's a good answer. And there's a lot of good things about the U.S., but it's like, um, no, that's the right answer. Yeah. Sometimes it's fun to think about. I, I definitely fantasize. I think Canada would be easy because they speak English in most, most areas. Well, I'll tell you, the, the meanest rudest most loathsome people i've ever met were in montreal (laughs) (laughs) really Um, wow it's an awesome place yeah hello who are you he is a boy i'm jeff bezos he's very thin amazon.com i'm sure tomorrow (laughs) jeff bezos So, welcome to Primeval Podcast with your hosts, Natalie Alsop Edwards and Chris Perkins. And this episode today is all about why monopolies are bad in general, of which Amazon is one. Yes. So, we're going to do a short episode because my car broke and been busy and we're getting kind of into the swing of things. But uh, we wanted to make sure we got one out uh, this week. So I'm going to do a news story, and it's not exactly, it's not Amazon related, but it's definitely in the realm of what Amazon is. And I wanted to do this because Election Day is next week. And if we have anyone in California who's listening, um, I wanted to talk about Prop 22. I'm going to talk about this news story from uh, Yahoo News. Uh, Uber, Lyft, DoorDash workers on Prop 22. I don't want to end up on the wrong side. And uh, basically, Prop 22 is a, it's on the California ballot. It's one of the California uh, ballot measures that determines uh, whether or not uh, gig workers will be classified as independent contractors or employees. There's a lot of uh, money, tons of money being poured into affirmative side, which is saying that uh, gig workers can still be considered independent contractors. And the people on that side are like mothers against drunk driving because they want to make sure that uh, people get home safely from bars, I guess. I mean, that's their ostensibly what they're all about. Uh, the California Republican Party, which of all the scumbags in the U.S., I don't know. I don't know if they're the worst because they didn't uh, end up voting for Deanna Lorraine and uh, I think Nancy Pelosi's district. And she's like a Total QAnon InfoWars freak, but like, um, you know, they're scumbags. And then, yeah, uh, DoorDash, Lyft, Uber, all these uh, Postmates, these like gig economy people, they uh, want to make sure that drivers can be considered uh, independent contractors. 
And their argument is that if they are considered employees, they'll lose flexibility, mm. which is not even a thing. Like a company, there's no requirement in employment, like being considered a full employee, that says that you have to work nine to five or anything like that. So basically, I just wanted to bring it up to encourage everyone to vote uh, against Prop 22, to vote against uh, Uber and Lyft and, and these companies. Oh, I was just thinking about this in general. Amazon using the same type of labor just allows them to outsource this and therefore not take on any of the risks associated with it, like um, damage to the vehicle or all of these things. So it's just maddening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it, it's really frustrating and it'd be of interest to me anyway. I've, I've thought a lot about Uber and Lyft and, and really just how like unviable, what uh, like bad, what a bad idea they are. But it's a weird thing where, you know, I... I mentioned in a previous episode how I wondered if they were like too big to fail mm-hmm. and and your sister brought up that you know they in, in reality right now they're just being propped up by investors and uh, you know people throwing money at them because and honestly I don't know why other than people like these companies but uh, moving people around with cars is uh, just an inefficient way to get around especially at prices that uh, you know, the average person is going to want to pay. There's a reason why, like, taxis are more expensive. And there's a reason why there's not taxi services in Rexburg, Idaho. It's uh, not an efficient way to get people around, so... Mm -hmm. Anyway, one paragraph from the article, it says, uh, uh, Another driver used an expletive to describe Proposition 22 adding that Uber and Lyft want to keep enslaving drivers. They still control how much you make, even if they call you independent. Like, really, the only ones who benefit from from not classifying their employees as employees are the, the owners of Uber and Lyft, who are skimming off of that uh, all that outsourced risk and labor. So And they don't have to offer any sort of, like, protections or... Yeah, yeah benefits, yeah. Well, and and not to go too far into it, but that's an interesting thing about Prop 22 is that it provides benefit. It it allows for benefits. Like it would, I don't know how to look at it legally because I've got no business like speculating on legal matters. I've no no background in that. But uh, it looked to me like it would create a new class of employee or a new class of uh, worker where you'd get a certain amount of benefits but they don't measure up to benefits that uh, full like W-2 employees get. Mm-hmm. Um, it, so it's kind of like a half measure that that I think would, it would kind of cement that independent contractor model for these giant companies. It would be harder to argue with. In a way, it's like, this is kind of different, but like how just the existence of Uber, Lyft, DoorDash, they can inflate uh, unemployment or employment rates because people say, "Oh, I work, you know, I right. I deliver DoorDash. I make technically like you're employed, but really six dollars <laughs> an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like it makes it so like if Prop Twenty Two passes, then um, potentially you could have people say, "Oh, well, like they get benefits. It's not so bad." And but the alternative would be them being classified as employees. Honestly many might uh, not be able to drive anymore. Uber and Lyft would be incentivized to 
to reduce the number of drivers, but that would make it so that we have uh, maybe a more realistic view of what uh, actual unemployment in the U.S. is, mm-hmm. in California in this case. But uh, also, it would be better for the people who are there, um, for the for the employees. So Wait, so I want to look into this because I'm curious about being a private contractor. If you lose your contract, you don't get unemployment. So it so when you're when you're working or when you're being considered under contract, you're employed, but you don't get any of the benefits if you lose that job, right? Or I mean, personally, I've had I wasn't able to because I'm I do private contracting and also um, I'm self-employed and was wasn't able to collect self-employment or any unemployment benefits during the pandemic, having lost all of my work. So I wonder if. Because you're not paying into any unemployment as a private contractor. There's no withholding, federal withholding. Uh, yeah. Wow. I didn't uh, know that. I don't know. I'm actually um, not. This I'm just <laughs> glancing at an article here. And it says that 10 states, it says 10 states have begun sending unemployment benefits to self-employed workers. Right. That's it like looks like there's rare. a way to do it, but it's like uh, Utah is not on that list. Yeah. Just so you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we should look but, into this and delete this part of the podcast. <laughs> maybe I can salvage some of it, okay. but but I mean, yeah, like yeah, a lot of states it seems like the unemployment office is there to just say they have unemployment even though people don't actually get unemployment because it's too complicated. Right. So um and you know, there's like whole Facebook groups and Reddit subreddits that are dedicated to teaching people how to navigate the unemployment system in the U.S. It's a really, it's exactly what uh, the founding fathers imagined when they thought about, uh, <laughs> you know, social welfare. Which, by the way, Thomas Paine was for, he was for uh, universal basic income. Oh, wow. So if you ever see anyone who, you know, carries a constitution around in their pocket and a Gadsden flag on their truck, they, and talk about, you know, the evils of living off the government. Well, maybe right. they should read a little bit from our founding fathers. That's interesting. Yeah. So anyway, not Amazon, but it is big. What well, certainly affects Amazon. Yeah. Yes. Uh, companies like Amazon, like Uber, like Tesla, they'll do. They'll get away with anything they can. Um, and there's until not- someone makes them not. So. <laughs> There's not enough money in consumer protection lobbyists to, to lobby against it. Exactly. Yeah. Like, why Why would there be? There's no market yeah. for... You're not going to make billions by protecting right. consumers. You make yeah. billions by exploiting them. Well, I'm going to talk a little bit about, um, in general, why monopolies are bad for our economy and our social structure. And there's a lot of, like, hidden aspects of it of monopolies that I don't think people realize that they're fully bad for everything. <laughs> so when you brought it up earlier, it um, jumped out because I I was thinking like there's there's two things that, that people, most people kind of take for granted one way or the other, like uh, monopolies being bad and that inequality is bad and like people more on the left would say those things and i'd say maybe a lot of people are educated about it but but like i i don't know of like studies or anything off the top of my head that tell me why uh inequality is bad 
And then there's people on the other side who say like, why, why, what's inherently wrong with inequality or what's inherently wrong with monopoly? I think, and I think it's actually the monopoly and inequality is kind of a factor of like um, unchecked capitalism where our government is no longer making regulations that keep the playing ground fair because this capital, like a structure in capitalism says when you accumulate wealth, it makes it easier to accumulate more wealth because you reinvest. And that's kind of just what people are doing. And when there's no regulations on that, you all of the power then just becomes accumulated into by one per- person or one group. And that's kind of right. like what we're seeing with Amazon is like they just, well, you have to reinvest your money and then that just forces more growth. And so you just continue to grow. I mean, and th- and that's what that's kind of what uh, most people's common understanding of it is. I mm-hmm. I have a friend who who feels like uh, monopolies aren't necessarily bad because as long as they well, and he says naturally that they that they wouldn't um, outprice their their customers and that they uh, they have to have a market that they can sell things in and they're not going to raise their prices beyond what people are able to pay. Wait, that doesn't add up though, because at some point, if you're the only person selling anything, you're a monop- an actual monopoly, which a lot, all of these are actually just large companies that we're calling monopolies. Mm-hmm. Then, but then you're the only person who offers this item, and screw you if you can't afford it, right? There's no reason to make it affordable. And that's what I would. That's what I think. Like, uh, there's no reason to make it affordable. Like, if you can sell insulin for a dollar or seven hundred dollars. You just have to sell way less insulin and you make the same amount of money. Mm-hmm. Anyway, my friend has way better arguments in favor of monopolies than than that. That's not like the the fairest uh, look at, at his viewpoint. But uh, but that is, I guess, a monopoly in a lot of ways might be able to run more efficiently. Yeah, I think that's like the number that. one. Uh, that's like so. the number one defense of monopolies is they claim that it's more efficient and therefore cheaper for the consumer. But sure. um, but yeah, let's talk about like uh, some of the some of the reasons why they're not necessarily good for people in general. Yeah, I mean, well, so I've brought this up because I'm reading a book by David Dan called Monopolized, and. Um, in his introduction chapter, there's some general points about the problems with monopolies. And he does cite, you know, quote-unquote efficiencies and um, cheaper prices for consumers to actually not be entirely true through a couple of studies. And also, cheapness isn't the number one, like, why is that the number one measure that we use to um, define consumer happiness or, like, well-being of our economy? So he kind of gets into that. Yeah. Um, but here were some of the major points of monopolies is m- monopolies steal wages or cause um, wage stagnation. And he says that the University of Chicago found a 10% decline in labor share of income over the last 30 years, almost all of which has transferred into corporate profits. Basically, they're taking cutting wages for your average employee and giving it to CEOs whatever, or um, shareholders. He does, okay, also in this in this section, he mentions the uh, phenomenon, I guess, of monopsony. So in the instance of Amazon, 
they are a main purchaser of labor or manufacturing materials. And since they're, you know, just one giant group, they can then um, dictate the price, basically. They say this is the going rate for what we pay for labor because we're the only people buying it. So take our take this wage or leave it. Take this job or leave it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and that's not obviously there's more jobs than working in Amazon, but it's like especially in the pandemic, we're kind of noticing are there that many jobs? Amazon's hiring, <laughs> and <laughs> right, you know, the options are increasingly limited. So okay, um, another part in this section, and we can get back to uh, wages, but mentions monopolies they degrade the quality of material or of things. For instance. Airlines is a great example um, because there are so few um, owners of airlines, they don't have to make it comfortable or desirable for flyers. And all of all of the different airlines don't have agreed to not compete with one another, another for pricing. And so we see a decline in the quality of or the, the amount of space in an airplane seat or that you're given drinks or not, and the frequency of flights. And they do this, they do all these things and kind of degrade the quality to cut prices. But if you're a consumer of airline travel <laughs> and you want to argue against it, you kind of have zero power and you, you don't really have anywhere else to turn to because there's only these four major companies. Yeah, so that's an example of degrading quality. He also relates it to um, heightening disasters like when there's a monopoly that runs some huge data processing, for instance, and it fails, that disaster is exacerbated because there, there's not multiple independent networks or groups that are able to handle that, handle those things separately, or it it ends yeah. up affecting more people at a time, or more the disaster is more widespread. Yeah, that uh, you pointed it out last time when we were talking to Josh DeFreeze last episode, um, how. Like, it was considered kind of noble of Amazon to uh, prioritize PPE and stuff like that. Despite right. the, uh, that it kind of looks like that they were actually price gouging and stuff, or at least encouraging or uh, uh, enabling price gouging on those items. But anyway, they were prioritizing uh, essential goods during, you know, May and April and stuff early on in the pandemic. And, uh... That could be seen as, you know, noble, I guess. But uh, at the same time, when they are the, like, nearly the sole provider of, of uh, home-delivered goods, then if they go, then, you know, they've taken up so much space that if they can't fulfill their, their role, then there's no one else there to take up that slack. So. Yeah, exactly how one group controlling this really important resource, if they fail everybody's everybody's affected by that because they're the only ones, essentially. Yeah. Even in here, they make an example of Amazon Web Services assuming the role um, of a large proportion of the internet and, like, providing uh, web services, I guess. And then random outages would affect, like, this huge number of people who depended on their web services. Totally, yeah. Huge, hugely profitable hidden aspect of Amazon is this branch. Yeah, and then he also mentions, he says, monopoly supercharges inequality. Um, and I think that that is totally true just in the concentration of power that 
and, or concentration of money, especially that also begets power, especially like we talked about lobby. Well, like what you were saying with uh, how they how they steal wages. Um, like all you have to do is like look at the fact that there's even billionaires now. It's not from inflation. Mm-hmm. Um, we've just gotten so lax on our antitrust efforts. Yeah, and- totally, and that's I think that's the best way to combat this is like antitrust laws. The government has to intervene because otherwise, it's just a natural course for this type of accumulation and therefore inequality. Totally. There's a stat here that, that I'll read. Uh, through CEO pay, now up 940% since 1978. And um, typical workers' wages have risen just about 12%. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> 940%? That's insane. Uh, what a, that's so great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, they work 940% harder yeah. than they used to. <laughs> yeah, totally. They work I don't know. Um, okay, so we've also got Monopoly hollows out communities, which we've seen, you've seen like your local bookstore go under. There's a great example. So my mom lives in a small town in Idaho and needed a manila envelope for work. And the kings or like the shop co or whatever, like they'd all gone out of business and she, there's no place she could get a manila envelope except through ordering it online. (laughs) It's like, um, like, I mean, and I kind of go back and forth, like, should every, like, what's the role of like the small town in like a sustainable economy or a sustainable society like one that doesn't take up too much ecological space or anything like that like i kind of go back and forth but it's so obvious how bad economy or uh, monopolies amazon walmart it's so clear how bad they are for well like dollar stores and stuff how bad they are for uh small towns like i'm definitely more on the side of, of small towns but i just like it's so cut and dried like how i guess like like i've 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 said this before but i think efficiency is totally overrated yes, like totally. and it's important but it's not more important than people being able to have something to do and like yeah i don't think we're ever going to get to like a fully automated a future where everything is done for you i don't see how that's possible but until we get there people are going to need worthwhile tasks to to occupy them and, and to make society function. And, uh, you know, a Walmart coming in, taking out four other stores and reducing the total number of employed in the town by 40% or whatever. Like that's not, that's efficient in like a corporate mm-hmm. profit sense, but it's not taking into account people who need stuff to do. Yeah. So. And it ignores the basic well-being of all those people that are affected by that. Yeah, totally. And it's so weird, too, like, there was a day before Walmarts and Amazons where, like, a, a small town would have these, I don't know, sometimes my, I have a friend in particular who really relies on Amazon, and we kind of argue about it, <laughs> and he, he'll be like, well, where do I find coffee filters that's not Amazon? I'm like, literally, I mean, there's still lots of places, but... Yeah, so, Harmon's has coffee yeah, filters. Harman's, there's plenty of grocery stores, but sometimes you're like, <laughs> yeah, where? Like, I'm sure there were more places other than these also big box, like Kroger owns Smith's, for instance, and that's a huge, yeah. that's another monopoly. 
and that's where you would get them other than maybe Harmon's. But um, I don't know. It's just interesting. I feel like there must have been more options at some other point. I think also, like you were talking about, the Walmart going into a small town creates a wealth inequality between bigger cities and smaller towns, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, which yeah. which can also, which bleeds into politics, too, and um, I think is really pol- polarizing. It's a polarizing effect of monopolies that there's all this, like, wealth inequality and um, especially visible between small and small towns and big towns or cities. Yeah, totally. I feel like there was something else I was going to say about degrading quality. But I think, oh, part of degrading quality is, we've discussed this in past episodes too, is the false sense of options when really there are fewer options of of consumer goods to purchase where Amazon seems like they have like thousands of options for this one type of item but really it's just repackaging of like the same thing or different sellers selling the same thing anyway by the way the antitrust tech hearings that happened uh it was very interesting to see democrats bring up uh legitimate economic issues with monopolies and the republicans cry about how they can't like send pdfs in their gmails and the biggest bunch of crybaby idiots i want to be a partisan hack and like you know obama was not uh not a great president as far as like you know he's very amenable to the interests of big tech and allowing google and and uh companies like that to expand like enormously during his presidency but uh it's pretty clear that if there's any hope for either party like all republicans care about is their perceived censorship and stuff on twitter looked like the democrats had at least a bit of interest in like making sure that uh you know, the economy isn't totally uh, overrun by, it already is, but, uh, you know, free it up a little bit Mm -hmm. for, uh, if we care so much about like the free market and whatnot, then we're not, we're not in a situation where that's even a thing right now. Yeah, really doing a lot to damage, to damage that. Yeah, I think, yeah, there's so many examples of why it's hard to compete or like start up a business or like have a thriving competition when, Somebody's just going to, like, buy you out or shut you down. Yeah, yeah, it's, a like, a critical mass where more money than God, and you can just tell people what to do. And yeah. Like, a lot of it doesn't even seem rational. Like, you'd think that a company like Amazon would be able to invest more in, in actual interesting research based on their incredible amount of money and influence. Mm-hmm. That those are the risks that they would take. But the risks that they do take, and I don't know why this is, like, I'm sure it's, I'm sure they have actuaries and stuff telling them what to do, but uh, the, the, the risks that they do take are things like, you know, lose money for three quarters and they'll, they'll take up this much more market share. Like, that seems to be their right. only real goal is expanding their uh, market share, so... I don't know, like, just because they have the power to do good things, but they're just not going to, so. I, it is, I was going to say, it is heartening to to see that anybody's taking them to, taking these big t- companies to court and talking about this at all. And um, there's also examples of cities taking power in this way and saying, like, 
um, making regulations locally about what big box companies or monopolies they will allow to come into their city and stuff like that, or at least reclaiming um, power from like monopolized power corporations, like uh, electricity and power generating companies. So yeah. there are, I mean, there's some glimmers of like people fighting back, but it's such a such a huge power to fight back, and there's no money in resist in resisting it. So it's hard to yeah make a living doing that, etc. So there's a mayoral race. The town I just moved from in California, Oxnard, a guy named Tim Flynn is running for mayor and somehow, well, I guess he's the incumbent. But anyway, yeah, I didn't know that when I was living there, but I'm starting to get a bunch of emails from him. I'm assuming because I was a registered voter there in a recent email talked about how he's trying to get an Amazon, some sort of distribution center, fulfillment center type thing in Oxnard, which is just so... You say yes to that, and people immediately see 800 new jobs in Oxnard. But, you know, like we've talked about before, all the, the issues with that, the increased, like, pollution from trucking. Yeah, and impact. Um, yeah. And like, all the other jobs that will maybe be displaced or permanently destroyed. Yeah, like, things that are degrees away that, like, you know, the local, like, board shop or whatever... It's so distributed that, like, one distribution center in Oxnard is definitely going to weaken the power of small businesses and stuff, or their market share, but uh, it's not going to be, like, a one-to-one thing. It's just, like, yeah. That's the problem with, like, almost everything. We uh, we distribute the, the negative impacts and let the, uh, put the negative impacts onto taxpayers, onto, right. like, poor communities and stuff, and then the people that actually benefit are you know i guess you could say that people making 15 dollars an hour working there benefit if they didn't have a a job before or whatever more likely you know yeah it's just amazon as a whole is going to benefit so well and who's yeah okay two things about this a lot of times too a company like amazon coming in and like bidding for different cities where they're going to put a new building or whatever project um a lot of times they get subsidies from that city that ends up it ends up being that the city paid them to go there instead of the other way around which is kind <laughs> yeah. of weird and then yeah. also i do think and this came up a lot for in my environmental studies program about how to quantify and charge companies for these like quote-unquote unintended consequences like environmental impacts or racial impacts that are not tied into the price of or the intention, I guess, of what a company's doing. And that's where the government comes in <laughs> to, like, grow some teeth and actually hold big companies to be in charge of the problems that follow their the good things that they're doing, too. Yeah. Well, um... <laughs> fun. Yeah, I... They're just the biggest bunch of cowards. <laughs> like... Well, yeah, I guess it all is connected to, like, campaign finance, too. It, sure. Um, that's how, that's why all of our leaders are cowards, is because they can't say no to the person who's paying, paying them to say yes, so. Yeah. It's a really big problem. Part of monopolized power. Okay. So, you, um, you have a Bezos fact for us today? Yeah. <laughs> Can do Bezos watch. This is a really interesting fact. Um, it's that... It's from a site called dozenfacts.com. And the fifth 
Amazing fact about Jeff Bezos is greatest CEO in the world. So That's a fact. <laughs> yep. According to the fourth grader that wrote this, <laughs> this webpage. <laughs> I'll read the, the copy here. Uh, Jeff Bezos is, quote, greatest living CEO, end quote, as declared by the Harvard Business Review. Recently, the list of 100 best performing CEOs has been featured in the Harvard Business Review. Steve Jobs, the Apple founder, was named as the number one CEO, followed by Jeff Bezos. Steve Jobs passed away last year, making Jeff the top performing CEO alive. What I really want to know, like, okay, the criteria is top performing, as in, like, how much money? Yeah, there's probably some actual metrics behind it, but... Let's make our own metrics, where, where we rate them based on, like, personal hygiene... <laughs> philanthropic deeds and I don't know something else that doesn't have to be with money um you'd say like their music taste <laughs> yeah uh Jeff if they me- way, have way, memorized way. all the if they've memorized all the uh, call, FCC, call letters yeah, for their that's right <laughs> local radio yeah. station I guess Jeff yeah. would end up winning some points for that one unfortunately yeah <laughs> Another thing I was reading about music that famous people like, this really stupid article, but uh, Elon Musk likes uh, Weird Al, which kind of makes me hate him even more. And I like Weird Al. I think Weird Al's funny, (laughs) talented, seems like a nice guy. Yeah. But that makes me hate Elon Musk even more. So there's something interesting about how Elon Musk is like the polar opposite of... Jeff Bezos, except for the fact that they're multi-billionaires, in that, like, Jeff Bezos is like, don't pay attention to me. I'm really boring. I don't even like music. (laughs) Just don't look at me at all. And then Elon Musk is like, hey, man, I'm cool. Here's a meme. 420, like, rip it or whatever. (laughs) And I wonder what what these tactics, I don't know. Maybe it's just truly their personalities. It could be that he became prominent at a younger age, perhaps. I... I don't know for sure, but I think he became, had some outsized success when he was like a younger man than when Jeff Bezos did. Right. But uh, because like, you know, he'll go on and, you know, brag about coups in Bolivia because, you know, similarity to Jeff Bezos, he's a horrible piece of garbage monster, but he likes to brag about human rights abuses and stuff like that where Jeff Bezos doesn't. And I, yeah, I wonder if it's because he, I don't know. He's like a, <laughs> he was a young rich guy who uh, liked to show off. So. Right. I guess, it, yeah. I guess it forms a certain identity, potentially. Yeah. Hmm. Really, really messes his brains up. That's for sure. But so Bezos watched the, the other part that we do. We haven't done a fact for a while, but we're going to get <laughs> back into that. Uh, but Jeff Bezos, as of today... October 27th. Total net worth, $189 billion. Seems like it's been there for a while. It's finally uh, steady. Yeah, yeah. He can rest assured knowing that, that he has $180 you know, to $200 billion uh, safely stowed away for a rainy day. Uh, year-to-date change, uh, an increase of $74.4 billion. And uh, I prepared uh, a visualization that we can use to, to learn about how much this is. Fantastic. Um, okay, the Great Salt Lake is uh, 
19 cubic kilometers of salty water. Uh, that's the volume. One cubic kilometer uh, contains 264 billion gallons, um, and one gallon weighs 8.3 pounds. So 19 cubic kilometers times 2.64 uh, times 10 to the 11th gallons times 8.3 pounds is 41.7 uh, trillion pounds. Um, now, if you had 189 billion uh, Andre the Giants, uh, they and each one weighs 520 pounds. When he uh, wrestled, uh, I believe that was his uh, peak weight that you said. Um, yeah. He was wrestling in, uh, let's see, WrestleMania 3 against uh, Hulk Hogan. Um, he weighed 520 pounds. So if you had 189 billion of him, You'd have, uh, that, that would weigh 900, let's see, uh, 98.2 trillion pounds. So that's two, more than two times as much mass as the mass of the Great Salt Lake, so. Wait, if you'd you have had, two if whole... you had Jeff Bezos' net worth in Andre the Giants, for every dollar you have one Andre. That's right. Okay, so that's, how many Great Salt Lakes? Uh... A little over two. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. A testament to the bigness of the Great Salt Lake, also. <laughs> yes, that's true. Uh, the Great Salt Lake, it's very, very big, very gross, but it's definitely worth a visit. Yeah, definitely. So for reviews today, just to save us some time, we're going to do something that we recorded previously with our friend Kevin Keller. Um, it's actually the first thing we recorded, so... But anyway, until next time, I've been Chris Perkins, and... And I'm Natalie Alsop Edwards. This is Primeval Podcast. If you like what you hear, and you'd like to contribute, then uh, go to go to Patreon uh, slash Prime underscore Evil. Yeah, I've got, I've got one for you, Natalie. So, these are for the Fuego. This lady says, I order these all the time for my grandsons. These were for my parents who could not eat them. <laughs> <laughs> they were outrageously hot and that was not obvious on the packaging or detail when I ordered. I told them to throw them away and I would get them more. <laughs> but I'm scared to death to order not knowing if they are too hot. The ones, <laughs> the ones I get for my grandsons are individual packages, but this is way too many for my parents. I don't really know what to do on this. <laughs> There's so much like complicated logic in there. You and, like any so contradictions. Like, I feel I don't so know. bad. Like like they like it's genuinely troubling for them. I'm like they sound like a really like caring person. <laughs> like that's so like the way they show affection is by buying chips <laughs> for Oh, it's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> oh man are they too hot though are they too hot natalie they are they are and that's why i like them we're gonna can your parents eat them? them i mean they're fuego right so <laughs> it literally says on the package <laughs> and yes fire <laughs> the point in my opinion uh. <laughs> oh man okay let's see let me let me I'm gonna, find some more that's my next 
I'm going to buy some and have my parents try them just to see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be great. Do they have I birthdays have... coming up where you can yeah. surprise them I'm gonna with? I want to wrap it up real fancy for my gift dad. of a talkie for your parents. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, my parents oh, do man. like spicy food, luckily, so. <laughs> hey, so, uh, Monique, don't give her full name, but Monique says, they're bad for you in general, so stop eating them in all capital letters. <laughs> She's not wrong. <laughs> well, then somebody else is like the total opposite, saying, um, might as well go buy some tortilla chips, barely any chili powder. Most of the bag was like this. Wow. <laughs> it must have gotten like a botched bag. Yeah, seriously. I don't know how. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, it's on. It says Fuego on it. <laughs> well, no we're talking about. Iciness on the package. <laughs> uh, with the, uh, yeah, like snack foods on subject. Like, you know that smart food, like white cheddar popcorn? Mm-hmm. Which. I like yeah. it's pretty good, but like yeah, one day I bought a bag and there was a chunk the size of a golf ball that was just the powder. I'm like, whoa, oh my gosh. what a, what a find. Like, I wonder if, uh, like this is like a golden <laughs> ticket or something, but I'll tell Dude, you, the straight oh, powder is not good. <laughs> Just uh, oh, I'd imagine that would be <laughs> yeah. way too much. I tried it. Not the whole. I didn't stick the whole thing in my mouth, but I did try it. <laughs> did, it did it bother you guys? You know those like uh, those popcorn like tins that you can get during Christmas. Yeah, there's like three separate ones. It always bothered me that like the caramel one that they that it was took up like a third. No, it took up more than that. Yeah, the a, caramel being the most. Like, I like the cheese one the best. I don't like the caramel. There's the cheese one and the butter one, but the caramel one, it's not even, like, caramel that, like, maybe, you know, your dad would yeah. make. That. Yeah. It's, like, like a, fake caramel. <laughs> and, it, and it takes up half of the tin. Yeah. And then the cheese and the, that. Anyways, that always upset me. I never really finished the... uh <laughs> I don't know how you fit that into the podcast, but there you go. <laughs> oh, Alexa, and show and roll.